0: Hi there and welcome to Behind Scouting. Today we're going to talk about Danbury. So Danbury is a grassroots movement that began to try and get the experience of camping out to all young people, starting with beavers. I got to catch up with Stuart from the Danbury Active Support Unit and hear about all the things Danbury. You hear about how it all began and what the future holds. Before I begin, I want to give a quick selfish shout-out. My group will be taking part in their very first Danbury this weekend. If you're listening in real time, that's 26th of April 2019. It's a district van event and the very first time that our district has put on something like this. So please go and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. For my group, that's First Local Scouts. And for the district, it's Dumbartonshire District Scouts. Please take a wee look. I'm sure we'll be getting up to some fun stuff at the Danbury. With that out of the way, I want to dive straight in with Stuart and hear all about Danbury. Hi Stuart, how are you doing? I'm good, for a Tuesday. For a Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely Tuesday afternoon. Yes. Um, so could you start off just by telling me about your scouting journey, so
1: where, where you started in scouting and what you're up to today? Originally I was a grey beaver way back when in the 80s with 4th Order Shop and thinking about it now, um, yes I was one of the the early adopter of, of beavers mm-hmm. um, before we got official recognition as I recall it. So I had the the yellow necker and and the grey the grey the grey sweater and stuff. Oh, they're they're beautiful. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful uniforms. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I started uh, in Aldershot, fabulous, fabulous town. And then I went from fourth Aldershot to eighth Aldershot to first Aldershot, and then I finished my my scouting career at second Aldershot as a scout. I didn't go to ventures. I didn't uh, ventures wasn't what I wanted at the time. So I then left scouting, and you know got on with life for a bit Um, and then when I had children of my own uh, 12 years ago I started thinking about you know what I wanted for them so um, there's a uh, great Linford scouts is at the bottom of the road essentially at the local uh, combined school and um, in order to to get my children a place I volunteered Mm -hmm. and that got me back into scouting um, at the ripe old age of was it um, late 30s and um, I was a scout leader for a bit I really enjoyed that. Then I needed to take a a bit of a career break, mm-hmm. and decided that you know I needed needed to, a bit of time out. And then there was a district shuffle round, and one district commissioner retired, and my group, my old group scout leader at the time, said, "I fancy you having, a, having a applying for the DC's role. Are You in for the ride?" And I said, rather sort of foolishly, "Yes." <laughs> um, so I've I've joined the district team as I'm in charge of growth and development for Milton Keynes, which is that's a whole new podcast in its own right. Um, but also, on the side for that, I was or became involved in Danbury on the side, and so that was that's how I sort of got where I am at the moment in terms of my scouting. I grew up and started in Aldershot, and then when I moved around the country and ended up in Milton Keynes, I got back into been back into it as an adult. Yeah, so yeah, it, it's it's chaos.
0: So, so are you currently still still a DC then in Milton Keynes?
1: No, I'm not a DC. I'm waiting for a DDC type appointment to be um, go through the AAC at county and, and stuff. But essentially, I'm the growth and development lead for Milton Keynes. Okay, um, which is a sort of okay. DDC type role in that context. I just don't have the the, the, the posh title to go with it.
0: <laughs> okay, that's really cool. Um, my parents are actually down in Milton Keynes, so um, I'll maybe need to try and drop in somewhere.
1: By all means, you're more than
0: welcome. We can can do beverages. (laughs) Beverages, yep, yep. Coffee, scouting coffee. Yeah. I'd, I'd seen the Mountain King seem to be up to quite a lot. I follow them on, on uh, Facebook there and things, and you've opened up a uh, a Scout Adventure Centre opened close by as well,
1: I think. Uh, we've got our quarries campsite, uh, which has been, over the last sort of 10 years, has been upgraded to um, be a more adventurous site. So we've got a climbing wall, we've got uh, the shooting range, the archery range. We're adding some bits and pieces in, in there as well. We're about to start a programme of work to um, upgrade the archery wall to make that, because that's now... Um, the archery, current artery wall is reaching end of life, um, so that, that's down to be replaced. And we're looking at doing some some other upgrades um, at the quarries, um, including the lodge, our our, our essentially our, our indoor accommodation. Mm-hmm. We're about to start a program of work to get that replaced. Um, but Milton Keynes is is is, is as I say is, is is that's probably another podcast in its own right. <laughs> um, but Milton Keynes is growing phenomenally over the next uh, fifteen years. We're looking at adding, becoming a, a city of something like half a million people from a standing start about seven or eight years ago of two hundred and fifty thousand people. Yeah, big, big development opportunity then for for scouting as well. It's huge. Um, so yeah, it, it, my my work is it, I, I I get lots of lots of jobs in in Milton Keynes. I do.
0: That's oh, cool. It does seem to be. A city or a, a district? Is it a district? There's going somewhere.
1: <laughs> it's a district. It, it, um, but it has been four districts. It's been two districts. It's been three districts, and it seems to have settled on one at the moment. Um, hopefully we're not. They're not going to trigger any boundary reviews anytime soon. Yeah, but we're, we're quite stable as one uh, at the moment. That's awesome.
0: So you said you uh you got involved in Danbury. So well, I, I guess the first question if uh, i mean obviously you've had a big push
1: recently but for those that don't know what what is a danbury danbury came about or danbury is a a camping um initiative to get beavers camping mm-hmm. okay in 2015 the rules changed around um beavers camping they could go for more than one night they didn't have to have emergencies their backup accommodation um it would you know be longer than 24 hours so there wasn't a 24 hour restriction when i started being a leader the first overnight experience I did was indoors and that was, they, they could only do a straight 24 hours that changed. Right. So, and, and we found from our experiences on first Facebook and some of the other scouting social media channels, the updated rules allowing beavers to camp and what have you weren't getting through for whatever reason. Um, whether that's uh, denialism or just not the right communication methods, because you appreciate at the same time we were going through a whole load of compass upheaval. Yep. Um, so communications might not have been, from, from headquarters, might not have been as, as straightforward as, as possible. But we found that there were lots of people still under the misapprehension, then mis- the now misapprehension, that beavers were still under the old rules of no more than 24 hours, bareback accommodation, and what have you. Mm-hmm. So it came about that the... the um, the then UK Technical Nights Away Advisor Andy Sissons um, said, "I really want to promote Beaver's camping. <laughs> I need to put a team of people together to put to to, to do this. Um, you're fairly handy with websites and social media. Do you fancy being involved? So we did. <laughs> so that he, he put a bunch of us together um, that includes um, our crayons, who's our, our uh, who's Sam Elliot, who's our our designer. She deals with all the artwork and side of things. Ben." um badger who is a county nights away advisor for hampshire and a, and a bunch of other people in and around that and and all the names escape me at the moment but they're, they're all on our website and they're very very clever and engaged and supportive people and we sort of started this and thought right how are we going to do this well we had no money <laughs> no um uh, no real support no real uh, you know it was it, we had a blank starting starting point yeah there was no structure yeah. at all so um we got together and we just did it as a a social media driven um, exercise and we used first Facebook and we created some Facebook groups around that and and we we generally just just battered people into submission with social media posts and but that sort of that sort of cascade effect of, of various various things people have started sharing it with their their own their own groups and then we so then started, we took registration. So people would, would, would tell us that they were going to do a Danbury so we could make sure that we kind of had enough badges for them. And we got together with Karuna Badges, who was our badge partner at the time, or is, is our badge partner yep. for this year as well, around, you know, because we had no money, we couldn't take on the responsibility of ordering badges. So they said, okay, we'll handle that. We'll we'll handle the finances and, and the shipping and all that sort of governance." Um, so, and, okay, great, fine. That's a weight off our minds because... You know, you're dealing with all that sort of stuff. Yep. This year we've changed it slightly because we're taking them more direct. So they will ship us the badges, and we will then handle handle that relationship because we think that's a better way of doing it. Off the back of that, we had we think about twelve thousand Danbury participants last year. Wow. Yeah. That, that, that quarter of a world scout Danbury. It's a lot of admin <laughs> in in contact in terms of numbers. I mean, obviously, they were, those events were spread across the across the year and and, and across various various things. And we had oh, they were supported by about three and a half thousand adults. We know this. And so we're taking this as this is loose based on badge sales, mm-hmm. but in terms of the silver badges that we we had produced, they were the thank you badges for those adults, whether they were young leaders or I say adults, but those people who supported Danbury, whether they were young leaders who were there helping run the program, parents mucking about, you know, mucking in in the kitchen, and that sort of thing. It was it was the beaver's way of saying thank you for helping us camp. Mm-hmm. So that, that was important. We had those those thank you badges. And then the we rec- we're we looking at something of the order of about 200 campsite permits were taken out as part of the Danbury initiative last year. This is really good. So we, whether that's new permits completely, i.e. completely green people saying, right, I'm going to go and I'm going to learn and I'm going to take these beavers camping and get my permit so I can do it again and again and again. Or whether it was people upgrading from indoor permits yep. to uh, campsite permits. We, we don't really know. Um, uh, but it was about 200 gold badges that were were, were bought and 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 are worn with pride by a large number of people. That that is is a phenomenal because that's they they've got their permit; they can now do lots of camping.
0: Do you have any indication of anybody that's kind of repeated? Has it has it helped promote more camps within them sections? Uh, within well within the groups that have ran Danbury's?
1: Um, not only anecdotally, because um, obviously. Nights away um, notifications are a district thing. Yep. We don't get shared on whether how often they're being reused or whether they are one and done and it put them off camping completely. <laughs> we don't have that information <laughs> um, because beavers camping, especially as our focus weekend was um, solstice weekend last year, so the June twenty first second, and it's the same again this year because it's a it's you know it's a nice easy weekend to pick. Right, the the, the actual darkness where they were actually asleep wasn't necessarily very long. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you know, it was quite quite a challenge. But in terms of participation, last year was phenomenal, and this year we've added Cubs, um, and, and we can cover, cover cover bits and pieces of that later. But in terms of the raw where we started to what we ended up with is just flabbergasting in in just scale to go from a standing start and have twelve thousand or fifteen thousand participants if you include all the adults is just mind-blowing. It really is. And several times last year, we we, we we incorporated into our posts that Danbury is very much organized and delivered by the leaders on the ground. We are essentially cheerleaders. Okay? We <laughs> yeah. help facilitate. We will help break down barriers where, where barriers are being put in place for the best that we can. Now, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all for picking fights with people that are doing it wrong. But yep. at some point, you have to say, that's not a fight I'm going to win. Let's see what we can do to get you your permit elsewhere. Uh-huh. Uh, so has
0: has has there been much pushback from, from likes of, well, I guess it would be district commissioners or, or commissioners. There are um, within, movement.
1: there are a number of commissioners that run local rules mm-hmm. and where the, their local rules have been against Knights away policy or Knights away, the Knights away permanent scheme. Yep. We've tried to break down that, those barriers. But we've sort of attacked it at sort of both ends: is enabling the leaders to be able to go and camp, but also trying to break down those those, those poor behaviours where you've got um, some people stipulating that you must do module thirty eight mm-hmm. to get your nights away permit. Which, uh, which modules? Module thirty eight. Um, it's the night. It's one of the um, um, residential experiences. One. Okay. And we found some that there are there. There's there's there's, there's one that we heard where they put a three-year expiry on, on mod 38. So you have to do mod 38 every three years in order to keep your permit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that. What, what, what other things do the, the support unit support. And so, so cheerleading is, is, is a big yeah. way. And I, I definitely think you've done that very well. That's, um, I mean, it's, it's all over the kind of scouting social media, um, which is great to see like that. You've kind of helped with communication
1: with, uh, with district and things like that. And, and is there any other kind of areas that you help out with? Um, we like to go and visit. Um, we get we you know we we like to get out and, and visit the Danbury camps. But the, the two key elements are enabling leaders to to, to have the confidence to do that. Um, but also and breaking down those barriers. But also making sure that you know the, the nights away permit scheme is there to support them because you know your night your district nights away advisors we can help you but they're your local support. You should be going then because they, ultimately they've got to assess you. Mm-hmm. Okay, So it's important to build that relationship and we encourage those relationships to be formed because if you want to go for your permit, we can't help you do that in that respect. You've got to go to your district nights away assessor. Now, if they aren't supportive... Then we can encourage you and, and support you in going to your county nights away assessor and addressing that that district barrier. We, we you know we can we can help smooth smooth the process, but the process is is there yep. to to be followed. And we don't all we do is advocate the nights away permit scheme mm-hmm. and 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 the the whole sort of because it's fairly straightforward. There are fact sheets and everything that support that. That's right. Yep. Point, point at but <laughs> We point them at the relevant the relevant parts. Um, um, to be able to to challenge their own local rules um, and, and and stuff. Now, some, some you know, 9.1 in POR says, District Commissioner says, mm-hmm. okay? And sometimes you are never going to get beyond uh, a 9.1B, which is District Commissioner says. <laughs> and then then you're faced with a choice. You can roll over and, and, and take it, or you can find another avenue. Now, the Knights Away permit scheme is a national scheme. Yes, your local DC signs off on it, your permit, you mm-hmm. can be assessed anywhere in the country and have that assessment passed back to your DC.
0: Yeah, so you could do it out of out of county or out of area and uh, and yeah. come back.
1: So you know, there there you know, being a national scheme, it's a it, there is there are ways and means around it, mm-hmm. but really you should be be working within your local district to to overcome and change those perceptions, particularly where you be saying, well, you don't need a another one was um you don't need you, you as a Beaver leader don't need a nights away permit. Because your never your section is never going to go camping without any other section from the group. You're never going to go camping on your own, so there's no requirement for you to have a nights away permit. So there's no point in you applying for it because you're not going to get assessed on it. And you think what? Yeah, and and you just think that's not really the message that we should be encouraging our leaders. If if we should you know as as managers and we should be enabling and encouraging, yeah, because camping Beavers is hugely important. Yep.
0: So I mean, f- from that, what was the um. Well, I guess what what would you say is a successful Beaver camp, or how how would how does it maybe hmm, how does it differ from from likes of running maybe a Cub camp or a Scout camp? How does uh, running a Beaver camp di- differ? Is there any
1: ways? In theory, no. You just need to make sure that you've got your activities planned, that they're occupied, that they've got enough calories to keep them going. <laughs> and sometimes you'll find that oh, they get crabby and what have you after after eight hours up. Well, yes, that's because you're not compensating for the amount of activity they're doing normally. So they might need more calories to keep them going longer. (laughs) Uh, And so that should be planned in your menu. But also from a leader's perspective, beavers will go until they drop. When they get up, they are full tilt until they fall over and sleep. So you need to plan your adults and your um, menus and your activities to cope with that. And that includes giving everyone who's an adult time off. So you, make, you need to make sure you've got enough adults to give everyone some quiet time themselves to have a cup of coffee and a bicky and, and stuff without interruption because that helps them go the distance as well. Because I my wife's a teacher, okay, and I admire her hugely because she teaches foundation kids, which is slightly younger than beaver age, so it's that age range. And I know that from her experience that that I couldn't do that as a job because um it is pretty much full on all day from the moment she gets into school and sets up. All the way through to when she sets up for the following day, it, it is full tilt. There's never any respite. With, with With whereas with older children, you can plan in and they will sort themselves out. If they're tired, they will take themselves off and sort themselves out. Or you have natural breaks where the the scheduling of the lessons means you've got a bit of quiet time to yourself. There's there's no noise. So with with the young children, with the younger younger beavers, that giving the adults that time. Means they've got a little bit of time to decompress and re-energize before the next sesh. Yep. Um, so managing your own calories, your own caffeine intake, and and your own your own scheduling, e- and and as a as a camp organizer, making sure that you've got that. Don't just stick with minimum ratios. That would be absolute monumental folly. <laughs> um, you you pack with as many adults as you can, and make sure that you uh, take time out. They take time out, and then everyone has fun, and every, then everyone wants to do it again. Because what you don't want to do is burn people on the first first uh, beaver camp that they do, um, so they think I'm never doing that again. Um, but in, in you know, there, there's no real special. You do not need a night watch. You might decide to have one as part of your risk assessment, but there's no requirement to do so. Sure, that's down to your individual risk assessment. That is then your choice. But in terms of the mandatory functions of your camp. There's no requirement to have a night watch. Could have it so that you you put bells on the um, the guy ropes. Yep. So you know if anyone leaves the room, that's a good idea. Uh, leaves their tent, um, um, or tripwires or that sort of thing. <laughs> um, well, they'll find, they'll find the guy ropes, <laughs> regardless. So, but things like um, uh, night, uh, um, you know, the, um, the glow sticks. Yep. Okay, having them at the bottom of um, guy ropes to, so that they can see the ropes or see where the pegs are, that sort of thing, yeah. so that they, they're comfortable in the dark. Yeah. Uh, we've, um,
0: we've put like, lights around um, the leader's tent to make sure they're aware which was the leader's tent as well, um, things like
1: that. To kind of... um, and, um, and that sort of thing. Bearing in mind, when they wake up, they will very rarely go anywhere alone yeah because they will always wake someone else up to sort of say right I'm, I need to look can you come with me <laughs> and there are some there are some campsites I wouldn't go to the, the little me it's that dark <laughs> um... <laughs>
0: there any other barriers yeah. that, that you've kind of' Having to knock down, so I know one was uh, you had to have a one to one ratio of parents or adults to uh, to children, which is obviously not the
1: case. No, that 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 that, that's gone. Um, you don't you don't need it's your standard uh, out of the building ratios, which is one to six plus one. That's your minimum. Yep. Um, I wouldn't recommend going to that because, as I said earlier, it's it you will just burn yourself and your your other leaders out. Um, and also that beavers is where potentially you can recruit. Beaver camp is where you can recruit parents. Yep. Okay? If they if they go along and they enjoy it, and you make it enjoyable for them as as, as helpers, and you give them a, a shiny Danbury silver badge at the end of it, they think, "Ooh, I like that." They may not. It may go in the back of a drawer. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it may never get turned on anything, but you've recognised the fact that they've helped you with whatever other you know gifts you get them as a thank you. You know they can have a, they can have a nice shiny silver Danbury badge, um, and um, it's, it's something, it's something to look back at, isn't it? And, and remember, and, remember the and trigger those 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 wonderful memories. Yeah. So, by making it a good camp for everyone, not just the beavers, but also the parents that, that come along, you are more likely to get them to come along again and then again, and then you you've got a, an ongoing relationship with them. So that when their child goes to Cubs, they're involved in the group, they're involved in, they're invested in the group. And I don't mean invested in, in invested in Scouts. I mean the emotional investment and and, and stuff as a, as a as a parent. Yep. So that um, they, they, you know, they're, they're more emotionally invested in their child uh, and that sort of thing, and that helps build a good relationship throughout scouting with with that family. So then you get siblings, and then you get you know um, the halo effect of, of that. Then they have a good experience in scouting. So getting it right in beavers, as we've said, said you know skills for life begins with beavers. That's you know that's our tweak of the of the brand tagline is you know hashtag skills for life. Well, hashtag skills for life starts with beavers or begins with beavers. It then continues with Cubs. is is our uh, next iteration with it for for Cubs this year, so it shows that it's progressive mm-hmm. uh, and so that. So you get it right in beavers, yeah. the rest should be easy. Whether that's you know camp whether that's uh, being able to put up a tent, knowing which end of the tent is the right end, um, being able to bang pegs without you know. Um, uh, Doing it as a Thor hammer throw.
0: <laughs> yep when they when they swing back away and, and clonk something else in the yeah in the head.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, so you, you you start creating that awareness because they'll only do it once. <laughs>
0: um. I have to say, I mean, as, as so I, I help out with the, the scouts and explorers, and it would be nice to have them coming through with that prior knowledge and prior experience because yeah. um, yeah. you can definitely tell the families that have been away camping, and and done these things as as a family um, versus not. And um, there's definitely a, a kind of difference.
1: Yeah, and if your group has a routine, so it's always the the kitchen tent first, and then the accommodation tents, and then the, then then what have you. You start getting the, the beavers into that routine, so that when they go from this to that to the other in terms of section moving, they've got it all. You know, they've got all the all the, all the accepted behavior patterns sorted. They know what's expected of them and what what they can expect of others. And it's that that comfort that routine. That actually, you know, you start then training in the progressive, progressive system, and th- those skills. You means you get better cubs because they you've got brilliant beavers.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sure this is I mean, it's just probably to put a little um, a lighter under underneath you there. But uh, what do, what would you say to people that are I've, I've definitely heard it, which is they need to look forward to something in scouting. So beavers, beavers and cubs shouldn't really be out and about and really scouting where they should be looking forward to it. i'm gonna
1: raise, raise your game if, 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 if you're coming in with um with uh cubs and beavers that are better than what you or more and oh, no, they better's wrong i apologize mm-hmm. but more experienced than what you were used to then you've got more to work with you can actually stretch yourself as a leader rather than doing you know doing the same the same old stuff is you say okay i've got i've got more competency here because they've got more experience yep. what can i do to challenge them um, and then that, that, that stage is regression, because ultimately, the ultimate aim for us as Danbury is to get everyone confident enough camping so that the leaders are confident, passporting scouts and explorers, much more confident, you know, passport. Yep. Um, and, and it's that, you know, giving them, if you start them early enough, by the time they get to scouts and they've got the skills then, yeah, they know how to put up a tent without without phoning home for help um, and that sort of thing, um, or looking it up on Google. or um, well, no, YouTube's probably better yep. for, for, for instructing videos on how to put up tents. <laughs> so
0: I, I, that was a very controlled response. I like it. Um, but it's true. It does ring true. Um, like like we were saying, it, it does. When, when they've got that experience, you, you can trust them more, and it becomes a lot easier. As, as scout leaders, you just, you know, you can... Uh, go do this and it's it's not there's no ambiguity it's uh it's quite obvious what you're asking
1: yeah. yeah and they because by then they know the routines they know what's expected of them and they know what others expect of them to be able to sort of say run a successful camp now when i grew up in hampshire in my scouts uh, hampshire have the emlin competition which is a traditional patrol based camping competition mm-hmm. now as far, ben is the cna the county nights away advisor for hampshire and they still run the emlin competition and it is still traditional patrol camping mm-hmm. and very, very old I say old school, and that's probably very, very traditional in that respect. And that you know, we knew what was expected of us as competition campers. We had to lay out our site un- under the, the standard rules of dining tent, patrol tent, kitchen area, chopping area. Yep. Now if they know how to manage a campsite when they get to scouts in terms of they they can do the tents, they know they know how to set up a campsite, where tents should go in relation to each other. Even if they don't necessarily know the whys and wherefores, i.e. that you've got to have a meter between each tent for or metre and a half or whatever it is for fire safety and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they don't necessarily know the whys and wherefores specifically, if they know that you don't put the tents that close together, um, then they won't. Yep. Okay. And if they know that the the the, the you know the, the kitchen tent has to be that far away from the, the accommodation tent Again, even if they don't necessarily know why, they'll they'll know that, that by the time they get there, what if they, if they look at a campsite and it's set up wrong because of how they've grown up properly with all the camping, they'll be able to spot a wrong one and fix it. Yep. Or yeah. have the confidence to say, that's the wrong one, and get it sorted.
0: As it becomes muscle
1: memory sort of
0: sort of situation. Yeah.
1: yeah. It becomes patterned behaviour, Pavlov, almost Pavlovian.
0: The, um, the only one that you definitely need to remember is uh, wh- which way the toilet tent goes compared to
1: the wind. <laughs> <laughs> the one that you learn quickly. Yes, yeah, there is there is that. But although we have had some people take beavers greenfield camping last year as part of the the Danbury effect, it's not something you would generally consider right. for um, uh, for campsites. <laughs> most most beavers will go on, on, on campsites with toilet blocks and all that sort of gummies. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily have a, 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 you know, but yeah. Yeah. A long drop. It's not really not-
0: so somebody done a, a greenfield on there. That's, that's quite an interesting that, that, way to... That's
1: brave. That's brave, taking Beavers' greenfield. But, yep. again, if they get used to it at that age, or it's not such a um, shock, mm-hmm. because it's what they're used to, um, and then, then they grow up with those skills. They know that you don't put the wet pit, or you know, they know the wet pit goes here, and they know you've got to dig one, and, and all that sort of governance. So, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, so of, of, of that, I mean, I was going to ask, is there any kind of um, notable camps? I mean, has anybody ever tried um, a Danbury abroad or...
1: You say that, and we had um, one of the Kuala Lumpur BSO, British Scouting Overseas um, Beaver Colonies, take part in um, Danbury last year. Wow. That's pretty good. Cool. Yep, they, they took part, and there's more of them taking part again this year. They've also contacted non uh, british scouting overseas so malaysian um scout organizations or scout groups that are local to them that aren't uk scouting to take part as well mm-hmm. so um we've also had uh interest this year from New Ze- um what i think is a um uh scouts new zealand colony to mm-hmm. take but they call them kias i think yeah um so it'd be a, a, a I don't know what the collective noun for a Kia colony is equivalent. Um, so they, they've expressed an interest. We've just had a badge order from Scouts, uh, from a, a, a chap in uh, Ireland. Scouts says that's Scouts Ireland. So mm-hmm. although we focus on the goals around UK, the UK permits and the Knights Away permit scheme, um, we'll happily support and embrace young people camping um, across the planet. Well. Wow. You know anything that gets those those skills and those that that camaraderie you get from going on camp, um, those stories that you never tell your mother from go- when you go on camp, um, that sort of thing. <laughs> my my favourite one from my first cub camp was at Anam Tops, and then we had a camp a chap in our tent who had brought a pillow. Now I just had a a. a you know, rubber Lilo type thing, inflatable pillow. But no, he had the inside from a wine oh, box. Yep. You know the the silver bags from inside a wine box, and he was blowing that up and then letting it down. The tense stank of red wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's those sorts of memories that you 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 know the mischief you get up to. Yep. Um, that, that, that you know <laughs> keep keep you going for years and years, and you end up on podcasts forty <laughs> odd years later. Yeah. Telling stories about, yeah. A pillow. I always, um, forget, a pillow. I always forget,
0: I always so, forget, so <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Um, so in terms of engagement outside of, of, of the UK scouting, we did have one beaver go overseas last year. He was a, a, a child of a parent, mm-hmm. um, a parent leader who went on the camp. and I think, I think they went it was Europe somewhere, but he he went away and he did the Danbury badge program, um, while he was away. And he earned his blue, so he, he got a blue. Wow! Because he did, he did, did the badge criteria while he was away, group camping with with the family in, um, in might have been Holland, but it escapes me right now. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So yes, because that restriction came out as well is that you can now take them over overseas. Yeah. You know, you got to be brave to take, take beavers overseas, but. You know, it it's now not a not a um not a barrier.
0: Yeah, um, I there was recently a training a training weekend at South Scotland, and they they brought up. I don't think they camped, but um, somebody in Scotland had taken their beaver colony across to Disneyland Paris for a weekend, which I thought was brave, but uh, yeah, um, an interesting camp that's for sure, one that you'd remember.
1: Yeah, um, Greater Manchester mm. East, I think it was, did uh, they for their Cubs one hundred event. They took um, a couple of busloads of, of cubs across to Disneyland Paris because we bumped into them while we were there. Wow. um And it is it is a good place for that sort of that sort of yeah, thing. It's interesting.
0: So I mean, let's uh, let's uh, obviously blowing it right out of uh, you know. But what what would you say would be a successful? So if if I was a um, a Beaver leader or a group scout leader, um, and I was looking to to organize a Danbury, what would you say is a successful
1: Danbury then? In in kind of cliff notes, what would you advise? The ultimate. Of your Danbury event would be that you want to do it again. Okay, that you came away and thought, okay, that went well, or even if it didn't go so well, you knew what went wrong so you can improve it next time. Okay, Um, and that you want you actually want to improve and you want to do it again. Yeah, Um, that is ultimately the success of it is that if you if you already had your campsite permit or you, were, you got your gold badge as part of this assessment, or even if you do it as your practice camp before your assessment and you have someone else permitting you for that weekend, the fact that you come away from that weekend thinking, this is what I got right, this is what I got wrong, this is what I'm going to improve next time. Because the moment you say next time, there is going to be one because you want to do it. Yep. And that is the ultimate measure of a successful Danbury event, is that you want to do beavers camping again. Yep. Going back to the thing earlier, it, it is non-stop. You will come away from a Danbury event probably quite, emot- quite emotionally drained, and you know, you've got to get over that because it is full on. And you'll have also had all the anticipation beforehand. Going back to the Disneyland analogy, there is a, there is a sort of known psychological effect called the Disney blues, mm-hmm. which is you plan your holiday so well, and it's there's so much preamble and expectation and so much excitement, and then there's the holiday itself, and then you come away from that thinking, "What now? I've got nothing to look forward to." I've I, you have you have that emotional crash because yep. you've, you've 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 invested so much in it. So yeah, waiting that that waiting that time to of um, plan your next Danbury event and stuff, and allowing allowing you to again decompress after that that whole, that that Danbury event. And say, okay, and look at your event objectively. Because if you come away from it and you've not had, you're a bit disappointed for whatever reason, you're going to feel a bit low. Yep. But then you need that that perspective of time and a few days after. And, and, and it, you know, the only known cure for Disney Blues is to book again. <laughs> yep. They've got so, you. So the only way to get beyond, you know, get out of those Danbury Blues potentially. Is to start thinking about your next one. Yep, and because Danbury runs the whole year, I mean Ben took part in something like three or four Danbury events last year, right? One that he was running, or he was involved in, or he was supporting, or something like that. So yes, um, our first Danbury on the calendar, I think, is landing not this weekend but next weekend, and that's first Crookham in Hampshire. And they've put out an invite today for for the Danbury team to, if you're in the in the area, to go and visit. Um, so that's our first Danbury this year uh, that I'm aware of. Um, yep. So, um, but in theory, Fiona could do another one in a couple of months and then another one in a couple of months and then wrap it up in September before the, 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 the season's turn to a bit colder. Mm-hmm. So she could end up running three or four events if her parents are, are willing and, and, and what have you to, to be able to do that. Um, so just because you've done one Danbury this year doesn't mean you can't do multiples. Yep. It's, it
0: seems to be um almost infectious we've um our, our district so i'm in Dumbartonshire up in up in scotland i think our first Danbury was um was was done actually by our adc beavers it was kind of late on last year um but then she's come back and she's like mm-hmm. okay let's let's try it as a district event and and trying to enable leaders to kind of you know go on and do their own after that i think the plan is to try and show them how how easy it can be or how
1: doable it can be and it's breaking that psychological barrier for the leaders seeing I've never done anything like this before. I need help. And that strength in numbers, there are actually quite a large number of district events planned this year um, that are mm-hmm. that are being done. And the people have said, right, we're going to have 150 beavers this and, and that and the other. So doing it as an event where each group or each participating group or colony or what have you has to have their own permit holder mm-hmm. means that they can have a permit holder and an assessor. So the person being, sorry, an assessor, an so that the person who's you know the beaver leader is is running the camp but they've got a, a cub leader permit holder for example um, is offensively sponsoring them and then and, and supporting them and in theory you could do a bulk assessment at a district event yep, yep. because each yep. each colony would have its own own permit holder and was responsible for its own little subcamp type type thing yep um, although the, the you know the the the, the overall organisation is being done by um, the district you still have to organise your tent locations the fact that you've got all the all the gas you need, all the canvas you need, all the kit. You know, district aren't going to take responsibility for that. That's up to you as the permit holder or the SSE yep. to run your camp effectively. So you can still be assessed on that basis. I think
0: the, the way that, uh, that Claire's ran, ran it here, she, she's got them or a lot of the leaders as well involved with the organisation. So, you know, on the kind of planning meetings and things like that, they've still been involved. They know what's going on with... The things that the district are taking care of, such as catering and things like that. Yeah. So which is which is obviously still part of their assessment for beaver leaders. So they know yeah what's what's going on, which is really good, a good way to do it and like that. Hopefully enabling well, we've got yeah. twelve groups, I'm not too sure how many is going, but uh hopefully enabling all the beaver leaders to continue on
1: and uh run more camps,
0: which is great.
1: Yeah. And also it means they've got a support network around themselves within the district, um, and we've have a, we've we've got a fairly good ADC beavers here in in Milton Keynes. Um, she's only been in the job probably about eighteen months now, mm-hmm. but she's very well supported, and um, the beavers are getting lots of activities done, and there is lots of camping going on. And giving that support network within the beaver network within your beaver district is important because they will they will they will form their own team, a sort of like a matrix type thing. You've got the group dynamic going vertically. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the district dynamic going horizontally in those sort of matrix management charts that people do, that nobody reads. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, the beaver leaders become their own, their own sort of horizontal team across, across the district. And that, that helps build, build confidence. you know, supporting leaders, you know, you've got some colonies here in Milton Keynes that are camping together. So it's beavers from different groups off going. I think um, Rosen Smith, has got did one last weekend where they had a bunch of beavers meet up as pen pals from about four different counties in one location so you you get there's that sort of breakdown of the hierarchy and i don't mean breaking it down into um you know it's broken but you know and the you know social media and that that's where we've really benefited from it allows us to cut across the hierarchy to get the message out and you get those County barriers and district barriers and what have you start to come down because they're they're, they're you know working together. Social media communications cuts across them. Yeah, um, you can work together and 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 with people who are like minded, and that's where Danbury's strength has come in, is because for for a start we started out outside of the organisation. Okay, we were not put, as an as an organisational unit, mm-hmm. we were not part of of Scout Association. We were separate. We tried a number of ways to become legitimate, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're in a, an active support unit in Milton Keynes, which enables us to have treasury coverage um, and that sort of thing. So we properly exist now. But originally we were we were technically outside the organization Yep. Um, in terms of the POR structure. Nobody would take responsibility for us because there was no one responsible for us. <laughs> but now we've got, my, my DC has been very, very supportive of that. Um, and he's given us a home in Milton Keynes. Yep. well, that's—I
0: mean—that's how Beavers began, right? <laughs> yeah. A little bit of uh, yeah. outside the outside the rules,
1: um, and and so yes, the, the district machinery for supporting leaders, not just Beaver leaders, but but that side of things and getting them involved is is really important, um, and sometimes that can become challenging when there is a change of district commissioner, because you know everyone's sacked at that point and they everyone gets reappointed or not, as the case may be. Mm. um um so yeah that's having a strong strong sort of section district team is important to again help enable help assess help encourage um and help pick up the pieces um of uh, uh, that sort of thing so it's fabulous that, that your district is doing and you've got 12 colonies going. That's just awesome.
0: I, no, I, um, I, we've got 12, 12 groups. I don't know if they're all going. I think there's more, maybe about six or seven um, of that, but it's still six or seven more than what would have
1: happened. Yeah, and, and that, that's key. We know we're not going to, we're not an, over, an overnight success in terms of winning hearts and minds. We had a good start last year, so we're now into um, I say marginal gain territory, but it's much, much more the, the impact we'll have it's going to be a lot smaller this year compared to last year, because we've seen in social media that there are far fewer rules about beavers camping hitting first Facebook, for example. Yeah. It's noticeable, the, the, the reduction in questions that have come through. Yeah.
0: Less, the, 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 the barriers have broken down in a way, um, or started to break down, at least. The,
1: the, the challenges we're starting to see this year is breaking down the parent barrier. Yeah. Yeah. Where parents are say, well, little Johnny's it's his first night away from home. And that, you know, that that's something that that we sometimes forget is that they're only little people. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't come from a scouting family, or you haven't or you historically the family hasn't been involved in scouting, so they're completely fresh to scouting, that that first night away from their parents, on their own, with strangers well they shouldn't be strange really because they your be leaders but in terms of you know that that dynamic that relationship dynamic that's as much a hurdle to climb as a parent as it is for the young person because the young person when they're away will be so active doing stuff they really won't have a time to be homesick yep okay um and then leaders have a wealth of tools available to them to 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 get rid of a homesickness homesickness bug including you know um not necessarily genuine medicine in the form of Tic Tacs and Smarties. <laughs> um, so, so leaders can deal with a child, homesickness, very, very, you know, they, they've got strategies for that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But sometimes parents will find that the house is suddenly an awful lot quieter. Yep. And they might not be prepared for that. And that might be why they're hanging on um, and not wanting Johnny to go. So you, you've got to embrace the whole the whole family dynamic as well. And, and that's where you start saying, well, why don't you come along? We get your DBS. Yeah, you can come along. Yep. We can give you a, di- a tea towel, um, <laughs> and all you got to do is wash the dishes or, or dry the dishes. You know, be a support person, be in the background so you can see your child having an, a wonderful adventure. Okay, but and you can see there and get the confidence yourself. Yep. And then you've got them for the weekend where you can work on them becoming a leader. <laughs>
0: That's right. And you've already got the uh, the PVG or the the DBS done, so you're halfway. You're halfway yeah. there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. So so you know there are there are there are ways of coming overcoming that 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 challenge. Shutting the parents out and saying, you know, we've got it isn't really, you know, and I know some leaders do it saying we've got the child, we'll make sure he's not homesick so and all that sort of government. Mm-hmm. But you don't necessarily think about the parent yeah. because you're concerned with the child. And actually what you want is you're concerned with the family and how they deal with the beaver camping.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there are there are ways where you can use social media, shared social media in, in private groups for for that sort of thing. Or you know, depending on 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 how how your your social media um, for your group social media works, there might be some open open pages that you can post post media to, so they show that they're having fun yep. and that they're engaged and yep. that they're or the fact that they're they they've got such big bags under their eyes. <laughs> you need to check that they are not fall asleep in the bath when they get home. Yep, <laughs> yeah, which was always my thing for coming back from Cub Camp. <laughs> Asleep in the bar. <laughs> um, yeah. So yes. Um, so that's what we're seeing this year is is much more. Okay. We've we've dealt with the organisational barriers to camping. No need- um, local rules, that sort of thing. We now need to deal with. Um, think more, not deal with. Think more about how we can um, make it easier for parents to let go. Yep. Yeah. Um, and still feel engaged and part of and and that sort of thing, rather than just a cash machine to pay for it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, and worrying, like you're saying, about little Johnny. He's left in a bush somewhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because they don't know how to deal with a quiet house.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, get involved. Get involved. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm going to just quickly change pace to camp uh, quick campfire questions. Um, there should be a clock yep. in the background. I don't know, like a thing going on, but maybe not. So, I'm going to fire some questions um, and if you, well, you can go in, in depth if you like, that's uh, that's more than okay, but you've not had these sent out to you or anything else, so um, they should be off yep. the cuff. Cool. So we'll start off with, um, what color is your neckie
1: Which one? I have or, three. Um, there's my Danbury one, which is blue, silver, and gold. Yep. I have my district one, which is uh, green with white trim. I have my old group one, which is half and half year harvest gold and black. And I have my red rose one, which is from, from Red Rose 2014, which is red and green. A lot of neckies. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the active support unit one, which we're sorting out at the moment, which will be Danbury colors. Yeah, lovely.
0: Um, so what color is your sleeping bag? Green and gray. Not beaver
1: colored and blue. <laughs> no.
0: Do you have red sauce or brown sauce with your bacon in the morning? Mustard. Mustard.
1: Yeah, Coleman English mustard. Other mustards are available. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't tingle your nose, it's not proper mustard. Not proper
0: mustard. That's one way to wake up, I suppose, for your Danbury. Um So, what's your campfire song of choice Ooh. when you're out on Um
1: There's a lady called Leslie in our in our in our from my old group. Um, she does a mean. Uh, my name's Joe, and I work in a Button Factory. That is fabulous. Full on action. Everyone stood up. And it has to be done with a northern accent. <laughs> it doesn't sound right if you do it with a shandy-drinking southern accent.
0: We'll have to get her to send it in, um, <laughs> do a recording for us. What's the best thing you can make out of Paracord?
1: Um, I can do woggles and I can do bracelets. Who should I interview next? Ooh, Who should you interview next? Uh, me again, but on the subject of development. Okie doke. Because I can go for another hour on that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we can do that. Might make it a local one as well. <laughs> yeah. And we'll finish up on oh, if you could run a camp anywhere in the world, where would it be? Camp?
1: Where would it be? Um, mm-hmm. I would go back to my roots. Okay, in Aldershot, between Aldershot and Crookham and Farnham, there's a bunch of Army land that the Army own. Um, common there, mm-hmm. and there was a set of camps called Camp 45 and Camp 49, and that's where we did our Emlyn competition. That's where we did district camp. That's where we did group camp, and it's essentially a bunch of fields, right? Fairly square fields. That then back onto things like Tweasledam Racecourse and the the land, the common land between Crookham and Aldershot and stuff like that. It was a really, really good place to, as a scout, to camp and have adventures. It was it was a cool place. Okay. The other place I really, really enjoyed was uh, Bentley Cops in um near Guildford. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't go overseas. I think we've got some fabulous campsites here in the UK. Um, um that, that I'd, I'd, I'd like to revisit. You, you missed a shot at uh, pushing a Milton Keynes one there as well. <laughs> um, the quarries, it's on my doorstep, yeah. um, and I'm, I'm there fairly regularly. So um, as much as I love the quarries, it's a fabulous site. Um, you know, it, it's on my doorstep, and, and I'm there quite a lot with with district meetings because it's our, our district centre and stuff. Um, I'm thinking about places I went as a child that I really sort of infected me with scouting. Yeah. Um, and, and those sorts of bits. And Bentley Cops. Uh, we did dads and lads camp there when I was fifteen, fourteen, fifteen, mm-hmm. and because my parents had split up, I had a, I had a, I had a uh, venture leader type woman, Sarah, her name was. She was my dad for the weekend. Okay. So I had an emergency spare dad that weekend. Um, <laughs> it's, it's um, and uh, and that was a Bencom. So, so yeah, and it was it was those sort of things, those sorts of things that sort of really bring back what scouting was for me as a child. So I would want to take my children back there um to for them to experience it as well because camp 45 and 49 are pretty much greenfield they have running water mm-hmm. but that's it yeah and and so yeah it was it was those those things that, that, that for me if i wanted to go camp anywhere again it would be there
0: cool okay, okay. so um we'll go back to danbury then um that's yep i'm not going to make that timer noise again um <laughs> the um Future Danbury. So this year, you guys announced, or your team announced, um, that you're oh, it's everybody, everybody intense. Yep. So can you can you talk on that and 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 where that's well? What's going?
1: We, we, hmm. The Grand High Mayor Cat, myself, and the Scottish Office sat down at um, reunion, mm-hmm. and um, uh, we said, well, okay. That's that's twenty nineteen or sorry twenty eighteen pretty much wrapped up. You know the the stragglers. Um, what are we going to do next year? Is there going to be a next year? Do we want to do this again? And it was quite clear from social media that even if we didn't do it, if we said right, you know, work complete, um, you know, we're going to take a year off, <laughs> it had a life of its own. The word Danbury had a life of its own. The idea, the concept of Danbury had a life of its own. Now we could choose to be a part of that and a part of other people's journeys into the 2019 Danbury, and we could support those, or we could back off and let them do it. Yep. Now, backing off really is not in the mindset of the Danbury team at all. (laughs) So it was always a case of, well, if we don't, it's going to happen anyway, so let's go on and support them doing it again and getting the confidence. And then, you know, we'd had some um, chunterings from from cub leaders saying, well, where's our shiny? Where's our bling? We want to be involved. Why haven't you included us? fine okay we'll include cubs we'll get some cubs specialists in to design the badge criteria and work with that and promote that within the cub cub arena and we'll we'll have badges and and, and stuff for cubs we've got currently about four thousand cubs signed up this year wow okay um as as just you know from, from the pre-registrations there's about five thousand beavers signed up mm-hmm. um so you know we're, we're looking at broadly similar numbers to last year in terms of participation and that's fine we're not expecting massive beaver participation again this year. It's great that there are that many, but beavers runs on a two-year cycle, cubs runs on a two-year cycle. You might get it settle into a natural rhythm of of Because the badge criteria for beavers is the same as last year. Mm-hmm. You just got a new a new a new badge design with the year on. So that's sort of the Cubs is this year. Um, we are looking at scouts and we are not sure what we're going to do in that space yet because we want to get to promote um event passporting and the confidence for leaders to event passport their 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 young people to do camping without adults. Yep. Um, um so we're not quite sure how that that's going to work yet. Um in space, is...
0: I think definitely. Yeah,
1: it is. Scouts scouts were looking at 2020 2021. Mm-hmm. One of the ideas we were kicking around the table as we were sat there having a, a beverage at reunion was a national scout camping competition but delivered at county level okay so using technology and using a standardized scoring mechanism you could have counties participating in the in the competition camping competition Mm -hmm. upload the scores to um, a a central website and then that would sort out the the thingy and the the thinking was um, and this this again this is this was a load of sort of spitballing as it was around the table is that you'd have like a chelsea flower show scoring mechanism where you'd have silver silver gold mm-hmm. in terms of standards so rather than having an outright winner as such you would have standards and then then that's as far as we got um in terms in terms of that um and there was some talk about you know some prizes and and, and stuff around that but we again scouts is next year's yep. problem yep All oh, that but back in back end of this year's problem <laughs> um if people want to 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 chip in and and and, and have a have our thoughts on steering that idea then we're more than happy to 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 take to take take suggestions and um but please don't be offended if we don't we don't take you up on your suggestion I um, guess best best place for that yeah. is
0: over beverages at, uh get well yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, we're hoping to be at Gilwell this year for reunion with a proper stand and everything. I've yet to get permission from the boss for that because that's the weekend after we get back from, from Holly Double, Holly Bob's and that's the, just the end of the first week of school. So that could be a bit of a challenge, you know? Nah. So that's the score. We decided yeah. that we weren't going to go as far as explorers for that um, because um, we fe- felt that things like Duke of Edinburgh and all the other sorts of things, mm-hmm. um, if Danbury is done right through beavers cubs and scouts then things like the 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 big awards uh, the the duke of Edinburgh and the queen scout and all that sort of government that come in that age range that 14 to 25 we didn't need to cover that yep we we're, we're concerned with getting those skills to making sure that those explorers have got all those skills by the time they get there yeah. from beavers cubs and scouts to be able to and the confidence to be able to do that so there should be at least one passport in camp you know preferably two or three by the time they leave scouts to be able to go on yeah. to do their Duke of Edinburgh expedition without really thinking about it.
0: I think I think the bigger award there with, with explorers um is maybe hidden away but uh, they explore about I mean if, if everything's been done right through the through yeah. the program if they can go out and do an explore about properly then uh, yeah that's uh, is validation I guess.
1: Yeah. Um and so we we felt and we did get a bit of stick from 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 someone saying well what about additional needs explorers? And we said well you could take the scout program and, and adapt it. Yeah. If, if if your if your additional needs explorers are are in that space, and if your additional needs explorers are in the cub space, then yeah, well, yeah. Do, the, do, do the Danbury cubs. It, we're not we're not saying no 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 at all, but that's down to your discretion to adapt our program to to meet your needs. But in terms of explorers, we weren't going to go into that space. It's totally understandable.
0: Is there anything else you'd like to discuss on Danbury?
1: <laughs> Open floor at the moment. Oh. <laughs> just just a big thanks to some people um we had we've had support massively from osm um online scout manager and and ed mm-hmm. um we've had support from neo web who write the waiting list plugin who's adapted it to allow the registration of adults which means that we can now register people directly into the danbury active support unit um from the wait from our website so that we don't have to capture details and what have you go straight into an online, online scout manager adult section type thing. We've had support from Milton Keynes district who've, who've hosted us, given us a home, given us some resources, um, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, support from, from Bucks County, um, support from moral support from Tim Kidd. Um, when we were at reunion last year, uh, we, we gave him a gold badge and, in you know, he, he supported what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, our our El Presidente John May, who's been a fabulous advocate for us both at the the headquarters AGM and and generally he he you know he's a thoroughly good egg, um, <laughs> um, and just generally you know the people that, that the leaders that take part in in Danbury and organise the camps for those young people and take that responsibility on, you know, hats off to you. Not that we wear hats anymore, but hats off and big round of applause and a, and a good old bravo to you that want to take the children camping want to get the skills to take the children camping and, you know, that sort of thing. I'm just a cheerleader. I mean, if you want me to, I'll stand here and wave pom-poms. <laughs> um, the Danbury team is here to make sure that, you know, those people that want to can, you know. One of our, our hashtags is Beavers are Scouts, Scouts Camp. Yep. Because yep. they are and we do. Um, and it's all about getting that that messaging across and that confidence that, that that yes, all sections camp. All sections can camp. If you're not comfortable taking your beavers camping, I've got a, a, a beaver leader in, in my local group that's not confident. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, that's fine. But would you support another person going for there? So it's not, you don't have to, but would you support someone else? Yep. Um, so, yeah. So, it you know, it, it, and we're massively supportive of those who want to do it. The challenge with adding cubs was, well, you know, a lot of leaders have already had their campsite permit and already do things. Fine. Great. Here's a badge that you can have for doing the stuff that you do. Okay. You can have a silver one as well. But for those that don't or because they're new cub leaders, because obviously the um, leader retention and the leader churn is they have, you have a life career about average, average, average leader career about two and a half to three years. Mm -hmm. So that means you're cycling through permits and nights away permits every two to three years. If you can get someone, you know, that they've got a permit and they like camping, you're more likely to keep them as a leader longer yeah. So, so it, it, you know, we're never going to run out of people that want that need permits or want to get permits. So it's about facilitating them getting their permits and and the young people camping because if they get the permit, they can take them camping. So,
0: last last call to action then for for beaver leaders out there, and then uh, where can they find more information about Danbury and um, and and what your guys? Right. all
1: The so, so starting point for for information is always our website, which is uh, danbury.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Okay, from there, there's a menu that says that's got beavers, cubs, parents, leaders, and our active support unit if you wanted to join us in spreading the message. Um, so start with danbury.co.uk. That will give you the pointers to all our social media groups um, and, and stuff like that. Um, there's a newsletter on there that you can sign up for that I write periodically. Um, or at least send out the, the articles that I've written periodically. We've got a Danbury page um, on Facebook, but all that is is from our website, which is uh, Danbury.co.uk, and um, that's you know that's your entry into us and 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 take it from there. Cool, that's good.
0: Well, okay, well, thanks for coming on the podcast and telling us about Danbury. Yeah, it'd be it'd be great to speak again. Um, yep. about Milton Keynes and the development of Milton Keynes. Um, so we'll maybe I'll meet, I'll reach out again. Um, in the future. But uh, thank you so much for coming on. Cheers, Andy. So I'd just like to say thank you again to Stuart for coming on and speaking about Danbury and to the Danbury Support Unit too. For more information, please visit danbury.co.uk or go to behindscouting.com where we'll link up all the social media and websites for Danbury. If you have a subject you'd like to speak about on Behind Scouting, please get in contact, podcast at behindscouting.com or through social media at Behind Scouting on Facebook and Instagram.